I mean, look, we've all been there. Being broke is tough. In fact, you can look back to 2016 on my YouTube channel. I leave literally all my videos up and you can see me as a struggling teenager, just trying to find a business model that works for him. And here we are five years later, me still running that same business and advertising agency and having a liquid net worth of roughly around $10 million. Now, most videos on YouTube, and in fact, I think even uh, I've made videos like this back in 2017, 2018, are you know people convincing other people that their business model is the best. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't really care. I don't really have any skin in the game. I have four businesses and that's not a flex. That's never ever a good idea. It's just through some weird fate, it ended up that way. So I have obviously my main business, my advertising agency, my education company, Gradiency. I have my software business, which I shall not name at the moment. Uh, and I also have my e-commerce brand, Gadgy. And between most of the make money online crap, well, it's not really crap, but you get my point. Uh, between most of all the make money online noise that you hear out there, you know, those four businesses cover most basis in terms of what people are thinking of starting or what people think will make them rich. So um, I'm just gonna give you a very unbiased opinion. As I said, I have experience in a lot of these different business models. So I'll just tell you what it's like. So in this video, we're gonna go over seven different business models slash money-making ideas that people most commonly look at. And I'll be telling you which one is actually the best to start if you have zero dollars. Now let's get some businesses out of the way immediately, which you should avoid at all costs if you are starting with zero or very little money. The first of those is real estate. Ladies and gentlemen, real estate is not a broke man's game. Do not believe all this crap about no money down deals, this, this, this. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand this, especially in the current climate. You're no longer competing against Steve and, uh, Steve and Sophie, you know, who uh, wanna be first time home buyers. You're competing against banks. You're competing against banks and institutions that are literally just buying up all streets. I mean, the, I mean, the real estate market, if you're a veteran investor, is very difficult right now. I mean, obviously there's a lot of money to be made and there's a lot of money being pumped in some markets, but my point is to find these wedge deals and what a wedge deal is, is something where you can, you can inject some value into it. You know, let's say you uh, do a restoration for $20,000, right? And that $20,000 will bring you more of a yield. Or in fact, maybe you might even change the structural integrity of a property um, because as I said, you know, maybe that adds more bedrooms or bathrooms and that brings up the value, whatever it may be. You need to understand that those deals are impossible to find anymore right? Because you have investors out there with unlimited amounts of money. And real estate was not a good idea for people starting out in 2016. But it's even worse now because I said, you've got these investors that, that don't care. They don't even need to make money. They just want to protect and preserve their money as a hedge against inflation. So um, really the only way to make money in real estate and in property when you don't have any money to start off with is something known as deal packaging, right? So that's where you go out, you find deals for these investors and they give you a cut of it or you take a one-time fee. But that's not you're, not, you're not a real estate investor. Like that's not you in real estate. You're just a service provider, which we'll get back to in a, in a later portion of this video. So real estate, stay the hell away from it when you're first getting started and you've got no money. Now let's move on to another business model, which I actually have exposure to, and that is software. Now software, is extremely, extremely tough. It costs money. Most software businesses need to go in the hole in order to acquire cl uh, uh, customers. That's the biggest issue, right? As a software business, the main sort of entryway into someone becoming a customer for you is a free trial. And the issue is, most of the times, you know, these free trials, not only is there a running cost for the free trials, but then you also have to pay to acquire a customer, even if it's just a free trial. So, you know, you've got big companies like Infusionsoft and Salesforce that you know, are a couple hundred dollars down the hole before they even make money on a customer, right? Now for average folk, like you and I, who you know haven't had an injection of $80 million, 
that's not really feasible, right? And um, you know, I had software opportunities thrown at me for years and years and years, and I've always said no uh, up until you know a year and a half ago. You know, my software company, a lot of money and time has gone into it, and it's the only uh, business that I actually have a business partner with because it's very, 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 very complicated. And um, I'll tell you, for every for every one piece of software that's actually useful in the market wants, there's 20 other softwares that people created thinking that there was a need or a desire for it, and there simply wasn't. So software, if you're just getting started, stay the hell away. The next sort of money-making opportunity is cryptocurrency. <sighs> Where do I get started? Now look, I am the biggest fan of cryptocurrency, right? It's, it's very well known. I mean, I've added an extra half a million a month to my income every single month of this year because of cryptocurrency. You know, even with the recent crash, I mean, prior to that, it was, it was almost double that. With that being said, guys, I am all for you investing in cryptocurrency, but the thing is, right, let's say you put $500, right, you have $500, you, you, you throw in your extra $500 from your savings account, and you put it into a coin, and you are the, one of the few lucky people that gets in at the bottom and gets out of the top, right, and you 100x your money. Congrats, you're left with $50,000. Now what? Do you know anything about technical analysis? Hey, I don't know what any of this shit means, dude. Uh, do you know anything about why that coin skyrocketed the way it did? Um, do you know anything about, like, wh what's your next investment? Where are you putting your money in next, right? Now you've got $50,000, but there's no consistent cash flow or income coming in, right? So at some point, you're gonna have to start living off of that 50,000 to feed your lifestyle, but every time you live off of it, then you're taking from your investment portfolio, which if you think about the future opportunity cost, doesn't make sense. So look, the issue is if you hit it lucky, and as I said, very, very few people hit it lucky or strike it lucky with cryptocurrency. And I mean that from a trading perspective. As an investor, uh, put your money into cryptocurrency, there's no chance you're gonna lose money, right? As an investor. You know, when it comes to cryptocurrencies, the investors win. It's, it's not the traders, uh, unless you're elite elite level right and this is all you do talking about crypto bro oh okay and you get three hours of sleep at night uh, because i mean you know the crypto market never sleeps so as i said the thing is if you strike a lucky with cryptocurrency um you know great you know good on you uh but then you're kind of in that same issue as a lottery winner where you may have a, a you know some money but you're never getting any more right you don't have a skill set to earn more money so just remember your business or even a high income career. You know, uh, it's funny, it's funny, uh, over the last five years, it's, it, it's become like kind of like fashionable to, to shit on uh, having a job. I actually think for most people, having a job makes sense, especially, uh, well, not having a traditional job, that sucks. And you know, that'll, uh, you'll sell your soul to the devil doing that. But if you can join a fast growth company or a company where, you know, uh, you have performance bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if you have a high income career and then you can go ahead and you can funnel that money into investments, for example, like cryptocurrencies, you can get rich from your business and then you can stay rich from your investments. So as I said, those three right there, software, real estate, and cryptocurrencies are, are ones to stay away if you have $500 in your savings account. Uh, I mean, even less than $5,000 in your savings account, you're really not gonna get far with those three sort of income models. The next sort of bracket I wanna talk about are businesses that are doable, but they're just very tough. And you know, at the end of the day, there is no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. You have the same chance to have what I have. Don't sell yourself short. Right. But what there are are models where it's just easier, and that's the truth of it, right? And look, at the end of the day, I know for a fact, I do not work any harder than my mom did when she was working minimum wage for the NHS, which, and for those of you guys who don't live in London, that's the public healthcare service. You know, she was a receptionist at one of the hospitals. I know for a fact, I mean, I saw that woman come home after a 12-hour workday just 
pure exhaustion on her face. So you need to look at that or you need to look at someone who's working a lumber yard and wonder, these people are working so hard, but they're not getting compensated for it. And that's because you need the right track in life. So the next three models I'm gonna show you definitely work, right? And you know, maybe even try them for yourself. Uh, and I've done, yeah, all three of these actually. Um, so I have exposure to all three of these. But as I said, they're just harder models. These are like get rich harder models, right? There is no such thing as a get rich quick, but there are get rich easier models, right? And we'll talk about that at the end. So the first one is e-commerce. And ladies and gentlemen, back in 2016, back in 2017, you could find a winning product. You could throw it up online. You could send some traffic to it, you know, Facebook ads. You know, there was no um, quality score. You know, if you had some product, you'd still be able to advertise on Facebook. But unfortunately, it's 2021. And if you have a crappy product and you advertise on Facebook, you will get penalized. Your CPMs will skyrocket. This is basically a, a way of Facebook punishing you for not having a good enough product because what Facebook will do is they'll track the people who purchase and then they'll uh, you know basically get some feedback on your business. And if you're not a good business, you know maybe like a business that takes 21 days to deliver <clears throat> drop shipping, then you know they're not going to uh, treat you too favorably. And let's be honest, these advertising platforms are how these businesses get traffic. So look, if I was recording this video in 2016 or 2017, you know, it might be a different story because as I said, uh, e-commerce and especially dropshipping was a really, was honestly a viable model for beginners. The thing is now, if you want to get into e-commerce, you actually need a branded product. You need supply chains. You need a good manufacturer. You need distribution channels. And another, you know, I think most people forget is you need really good customer support, all of that. And then also remember the margins. Look guys, I know you see these big numbers online. People are like, Oh, I did. A million this month for my dropshipping store. Almost 100k. Ecom gains, that's what you call it. Ask the person how much did you spend. I've seen it time and time again where people will spend $500,000 on ads on a product that has 50% margins and just so they can be like, oh, I'm making a million a month with my e-commerce store and you know, they make a bunch of YouTube videos about it and this and that and I mean, you can do the math. 500,000 ad spend on a 50% margin product. This person's not making any money, you know, especially with chargebacks, refunds, disputes, et cetera, et cetera. So look, I'm in the e-commerce game, not in a big way. You know, we don't run cold traffic seriously for Gadget. And the main issue with that is, you know, our best selling product at my e-commerce brand is the Gadget G1s, my blue light blockers. When I want to do a restock of these things, it takes me three months, you know, because everything is done in house bespoke and it's, we don't like get the pieces and then assemble them like 99% of eyewear brands, like everything all the acetate frames, everything is done from scratch. So my biggest issue with that business has just been stock management and cash flow. So yeah, I'll be honest, e-commerce is a, it's funny, out of all the businesses I have, right, the four businesses I have, e-commerce is the one that stresses me out the most. Um, and, and it's the one, and it's the one where it's just, man, it's just, it's savage, it's brutal. <laughs> and um, one last funny little thing I'll mention about e-commerce is, I see this a lot with my friends as well who have agencies, they wanna start e-commerce brands. and. The thing is, most people think that when they start an e-commerce brand, they're gonna launch some fashion company or jewelry line or this or that, and they're gonna be like, you know, people will know their brand, right? You need to understand, like, it's, it's funny, at my agency, most of the e-commerce clients we work with, they have the weirdest products on earth. You know, not the sort of products you wanna flex on your friends about, you know? Like, just really weird niche products, but they make a lot of money, right? So, um, I think there's this, like, image of what it's like being the, the owner of an e-commerce brand. It's very like flashy, this and that. And, and guys, just 
to be honest, it's not. But I will say that I have personal friends of mine who are literally making a million dollars a month with their uh, e-commerce brand and it's a real, real brand, you know, with hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and, and you know, now they're in department stores and this and that. So look, of course, you know, don't ever let some idiot on YouTube tell you that you can't make something happen if you really, really want it. But I'm saying if you're someone who isn't isn't super married to the business model or it doesn't is it doesn't have this burning desire to launch a certain product i'm just telling you that that is a road that you can go down but it's it's a very hard one the next business model people talk about a lot is affiliate marketing now this business model is fine you know it's definitely one of my income streams but it's my income one of my income streams because of my personal brand so the thing is with uh you know affiliate marketing it's not a standalone business right the only way in which it can be a standalone business is if you run ads right? You run ads, you have a funnel, and then at the end, you're promoting affiliate products. Now, the issue with that is margins, right? You're only getting a 30-40% commission, but you're paying 100% of the ad cost. So that model is brutal. The margins are razor thin, okay? So if you just want to start an affiliate marketing business, make sure you're prepared to make some YouTube videos, write a blog, you know, build up a brand, right? That's really the only way that you're going to make money with affiliate marketing. Yeah, that's pretty much all I need to say about that one. For me, it really is just supplementary income. So if you want to try it, go for it. It's very, very hard. Now, the final model that I want to talk about in this bracket, which is like difficult, but you know, doable is launching a course or coaching business. Now, the first thing is, and you know, it's funny, a lot of people neglect this and forget this as a part of the process is you actually have to be an expert at something and not look, you don't have to be the best of the best in the world, but you have to be, have a really strong level of knowledge where someone's actually going to pay you for your knowledge. Now, once you do that, you have to build a personal brand and not everyone wants to be a dancing monkey on YouTube. You know, for me, you know, I'm sure you guys have figured out, I've been running this channel for six, almost six years now. <laughs> and you can see videos back in 2015 where I was uploading, right? And for the first two and a half years of running my YouTube channel, you know, I wasn't selling anything, right? Like I was just sharing my journey. I was like, Hey, Here's me in the office of my new client I signed back in 2017 when I was building up my agency. I was just recording me in the bookstore, like, hey, here's the books I picked up this week. Here's me in the gym, like, here's what I'm working on at the moment. So as I said, not everyone wants to build a personal brand or be a, a dancing monkey, quite frankly, on YouTube. Um, and the funniest thing is in the uh, coaching and course business I've seen, you it's the business where I've seen there's the least longevity, right? Because I've seen it time and time again, People build up a brand, they launch you know, a course or a coaching program. It, it goes like this. And then for the next five years, they're always, always catching up. And I've seen so many uh, people just get out of the, uh, the industry in total because it, also it's really not one of those businesses where you can, it's not like an agency, right? Like my agency really does uh, live and breathe without me. You know, obviously I have my incredible CMO, Danny, who manages most of the stuff, but th that business really does live and breathe without me. Same thing with my e-commerce brand, same thing with my software business. The education company is the one thing where it's like, it's my face. <laughs> like, uh, like at the end of the day, that is the truth of it. And as I said, I've just seen a lot of people come and go. So first things first, you have to be an expert at something. Then you need to develop a course and don't let anyone tell you that these days you can, you know, you can just do a screen recording and guys like there's, if you try to do that, you're coming up against people like me who have a $25,000 in equipment studio in his office, two 4K cameras, one camera on a slider, a massive studio light, a $500 microphone. The entire thing cost me $25,000. And outside of that, I have a full-time creative director who gets paid very, very well. And there'll be months where his only job spend 12 hours a day editing one module out of a however many long module program. So as I said, once again, all these industries, the, the standards go up and up every year. It's not, um, you're not gonna be able to sit down with a crappy microphone and a crappy, uh, you know, a webcam and just be able to record a program and people are gonna like it. You know, there's, the, the game has changed a lot. 
So that's why with this business model to build up the expertise, to then build up the brand and also keep the brand. As I said, like this industry is very, very fickle. I've, I've personally never seen anyone last more than two or three years um, without people getting bored of them, right? As in like still they're exciting to the industry and they're still on top and they keep their top spot. Because as I said, this industry is so fickle. People are always looking for the next thing. Oh, what's the next tactic or trick or this or that. It's funny, in my position with Gray every year we work twice as hard just to get the same result as we did the year prior. Um, it's, a, it's a brutal, brutal industry. Definitely doable. And if you're an expert at something, you know, you might wanna share that knowledge. Um, but just don't think it's a very passive business because it's not. Uh, and just don't think it's a business with a lot of, a lot of longevity because it's not. And just don't get into thinking that, oh, I'll launch a course and you know, I'll, and, and, I'll, and I'll make crazy amounts of money because as I said, look, the market, there's so much competition. The market is very fickle. And yeah, also the standards just keep going up and up every single year. Hey guys, really sorry to interrupt your video, but I just wanna remind you, I've got a free Facebook group down below. I actually go live in there once a week. And, and recently in there, one of my employees at my agency, Luis, actually wrote up a report on what we're doing to combat the iOS updates. And I gave that entirely free to the group. And we've got fun little cheat sheets and stuff like that coming out every two weeks or so. So you'll be able to find that link down in the description. Join the free Facebook group. I will let you know. My team doesn't let everyone in. We try to keep the standards in there really high. That way I get some really high standard, interesting questions when I do the Q and A's once a week. So yeah, find that link below. Let's get back to the video. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the best business model to start. If you have no money or you have very little money. And this isn't one specific business model. This is really an umbrella of models, if that makes sense. And what that is is a service-based business because here's the thing, when you're first starting, the most important thing is you need a business where you can kind of have some training wheels. You need a business where you can fail for six months and there's no issues because you don't have massive running costs. Um, like let's say for example, you have an e-commerce brand and uh, either you pay for stock or let's say you're dropshipping, you're pouring money into ads and you could be losing money month in, month out trying to make this thing work. And who knows, maybe in month nine, you could make it work, but you would have lost thousands of dollars in lost ad spend in that journey. Or let's say something like a software company, you know, you might be an idiot and plow something like, you know, a few hundred thousand, you know, maybe a million dollars into software. And quite frankly, you don't really actually know if it could work out. So as I said, the most important thing is you need to be able to have a business where if you don't, you know, if you don't have success within six months, it's no issues, right? Because you, you don't have these crazy running costs or you haven't invested crazy amounts of money. Let's say, you know, for example, something like uh, a fulfillment by Amazon where you actually have to physically buy the stock and once again, no guarantee whatsoever that you actually sell. So as I said, the best business is a service-based business. Now, there's a few options that you have here. Now, if you already know about something and you're already good at something, then you can just go ahead and deliver the service yourself. Or you can use something that you know, I basically kind of brought to people's attention in 2018 and I started talking about a law, which is contractor arbitrage, right? You need to understand what are these big agencies doing? They're hiring employees, right? They're getting massive retainers from clients and they're paying their employees a fraction of it, right? And especially with the global economy that we have right now, you've got these clients in the US, you know, who $2,500 a month for email marketing or $2,500 a month for Facebook ads is nothing, right? Guys, I, I run multiple businesses, I can tell you, it, you need to understand what as a business owner when I can business expense something I don't even really look at the price 
right? Because for me, these this is just the operational cost of running a business. And you know, you need to understand that most cafes, just a cute little cafe in the corner, you don't realize that their uh, expenses per month just to run the damn thing is fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. So as I said, you've got this contractor arbitrage situation where you know you got these businesses that are willing to pay twenty five hundred dollars a month, fifteen hundred dollars a month. You know, sometimes even ten thousand dollars a month. And you've seen examples on my YouTube channel where I've literally posted end-to-end process of signing delivering results for clients and you know in the first month taking a twelve thousand dollar billable and the following months were much higher than that but also bear in mind that is not normal and that's not standard right for your average person you know you might be signing a fifteen hundred dollar month retainer or twenty five hundred dollar month retainer and if you use contractor arbitrage you've got these people in serbia in brazil in morocco where eight hundred dollars a month especially if they're earning it in dollars is incredible money for them Right, like, like I know the global market of marketers, advertisers, this, that better than anyone else on earth. What and fifteen hundred dollars gets you someone full time, if you know whether that be email marketing uh, for SEO, for graphic design, for web design, for uh, advertising, gets you someone full time in one of these countries that are so grateful because they've just had a massive pay increase and they're working with a foreign country and they don't need to travel to work and this and that. So as I said, you have the option of either using contractor arbitrage or you can deliver the services yourself. What are some examples of services you can deliver? Personal training, ladies and gents, there are personal trainers and a lot of them, they make hundred over $100,000 a year, right? Profit, right, from their business. And you've got people who run these super complex businesses that take, you know, that have literally a million a year in revenue, but only take home $80,000. And it's just like, you, you almost wonder why. So personal trainer, videographer, you know, I used to, that's how I started my creative agency, IEG Media, back in 2016, which then turned into my advertising agency. You know, we morphed since then. I just picked up a camera and I learned how to use it. And I started getting one-off gigs and stuff like that. And then I started having clients ask me, hey, can you do this? But then also manage our social media monthly. And that's how my agency started. You know, when I started, I wasn't like, oh, I'm starting a social media marketing agency. For me, it was just this really organic thing. And as I said, you can look back at 2016, 2017 and watch that entire process in front of your eyes. Another example that we even talked about in this video is deal packaging, right? Finding deals for real estate investors and then selling it to them for $5,000, for $10,000, whatever you know the deal structure is. And, and by the way, there's a lot of people making $100,000, $200,000 a month doing that. And ladies and gentlemen, basically service-based businesses are what I did to get to where I was. When I was 15, I used to per, uh, personal train my friend's parents. I used to, I used to, I used to read the book uh, that uh, level three PTs get. I think it's like NCAS or something like that. I would like message people on Instagram that have personal trainer in their bio and I would literally ask them for the PDF of it. And I would study that, you know, it'd be like 200, 300 pages. I'd print it out, highlight everything. Um, and then I would sell my friend's parents on personal training services. And I would, even at my gym, I would be speaking to people and trying to sell them on personal trainers services and this and that. And that was me when I was 15, 16. And then as I said, that led me into learning about photography, videography, and then that led me into having a creative agency. And then that creative agency is now where we are today, five years later, IG Media, which works with some of the most ridiculous education and e-commerce brands on earth. So really a service-based business is how this whole thing happened. It's, it's why I'm sitting here today. And it is the business that you need to focus on if you're first getting started because it's the one that allows you to have training wheels. You can fail for six months and it's fine because there's no crazy running costs. Um, you cannot get a client for a year and it's it's fine. You know, I'll get Tristan to post up on the screen here. I actually did a student interview on my second channel, Eman Gadget Extended, I think like a year back with one of my students, Josh Sparks. And the re this is my favorite student interview ever. And by the way, I've had student interviews where, you know, my students doing $100,000 a month profit, $120,000 a month profit. And those are my favorite student interviews. My favorite student interview, as I said, was Josh Sparks because for 18 months, day in, day out, he tried to get a client. And eventually, 
A year and a half later, he got a client, and then within, thir within 30 days, he was making $7,000 a month profit. And to me, that's really a testament to the fact that, like, imagine if he was doing e-commerce for 18 months, right? Or imagine I'm pouring all this money into ads, or imagine he was trying to trade crypto for 18 months, or imagine if he spent 18 months spinning his wheels trying to do affiliate marketing. So, as I said, the beautiful thing about a service-based business is it's, it's low barrier to entry, and then it's also, you can have training wheels, and you can stumble, and you can graze your knee, and you can fall, and that's fine. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have enjoyed this video. I hope it didn't drag on too long, but I just thought, you know, it might be interesting for you guys to sit down and, um, and you know, maybe I know that most of you guys watching this probably realistically already have a service-based business and, um, you know, this isn't news to you, but I thought it would be interesting for you to hear from a perspective of someone who runs four of those businesses that I've mentioned in there. And as I said, I say that with almost shame because I have one business and that's it. That is the way you'll make the most money, less stress in your life. I just... Through some weird turn of events, I have four and I'm not willing to cut any of them off. So as I said, in my position where I am, I thought it might be a little insightful for you guys to hear the reality of running some of these businesses and really what to focus on if you're just getting started on your entrepreneurial journey. On that note, down below, you'll be able to find the winner for the Gadgi giveaway. Every single video, we give away a pair of Gadgi G1 blue light blockers. So you'll be able to find the giveaway winner down below. And all you have to do is like this video and comment and you'll be automatically drawn in to the gadget giveaway and as always the winner will be the pinned comment in the next video so i hope you guys enjoyed i'll see you in the next one look if you enjoyed that video i went ahead and picked out another special video that i know you're going to find immensely valuable you can find it right there i know you're going to love it and i'll see you in the next one